Hello, and welcome to This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. I'm Scott Entorante, and joining me today is Deepa Lakshman. She is a journalist and content strategist. Deepa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So this is a podcast about musical taste and why we love the music that we love. And so I would be curious just to know more about your relationship to music professionally, personally. You know, I I think that you started earlier on in your career as a journalist writing a lot about music. I would just be curious to like hear about all that. Yeah, of course. So I mean, I've always been a lover of music since I was little. Music was always my escape. I was that kid begging my parents to drive me to concerts everywhere, waiting outside in line. It just, something about music, specifically live music, just really resonated with me as I was growing up. And that stuck with me as I got older. And then I moved to New York after I graduated college and started working as an entertainment journalist. And I did that for a couple of years. And I still do a lot of freelance journalism um, in addition to all sorts of content strategy and social media and audience development work. I've kind of been across multiple industries at this point in my career. But my love of music is something that has always been a through line wherever I've been working. And I've always sort of branded myself as the concert girl wherever I've worked and my coworkers know <laughs> when there's a new album coming out or it's new music Friday, they know that I'm the person they're going to be slacking on the side talking about the new music with. Yeah. So there were two things in there that I want to circle back and expand on. So first, what kind of music were you excited about when you were a kid? Wow. Okay. So I started as, you know, straightforward top 40s pop music and something I did a lot that is a memory that's near and dear to my heart is growing up I spent a lot of time listening to I think it was Carson Daly don't quote me on that I don't remember but but it was the top 40 radio hits and I would listen to that all the time with my dad at night and I think that was my first sort of introduction to how wonderful music was and then As I got a little bit older, um, I really got in deep with the specifically mid-2000s emo music. Mm -hmm. I, of course, disclaimer, (laughs) emo can mean whatever you want it to mean. I know that there's a lot of back and forth on exactly what means emo and what doesn't. But however you define it, I very much fell into that world in middle school because I felt like it made me feel seen in a way that... I didn't really get from mainstream pop. Um, And this is coming from somebody who also really loved artists like Britney Spears. I had a Britney Spears poster on my wall growing up. But at the same time, I would also beg my parents to take me to Warp Tour every summer. And that was also a really big part of my adolescence. I had a group of friends and we'd go to Warp Tour every single year. And that's a really foundational memory for me. Right. Well, yeah, that sort of touches on the other thing that I wanted to ask, which was that you mentioned specifically like going to concerts. And even now that you refer to yourself, I think, as the concert girl, is there a specific pull towards seeing live music versus listening to music as a fan? I love them both. I think they complement each other really well. I think Nothing can replace going to a concert and the sense of camaraderie you feel with all the other fans in the room, especially when you know the music inside and out and you get to kind of 
scream the lyrics at the top of your lungs and dance and nobody really cares how silly you look dancing because they're doing the same thing. I think that's a wonderful and freeing feeling, but there's also something very special about just being alone in your room and blasting your headphones and listening to this album that resonates so deeply with you. I think they're both beautiful in their own way. And I've had such incredible moments of this sounds corny, but like epiphanies and self realizations as a result of music. And when I think about those moments in my life, they've happened just as much during a concert as they have when I've been, you know, in my room by myself, just, just vibing. (laughs) No, I think that's so true though, that the communal aspect of being at a concert to me at least is almost more gratifying or interesting than the music being played, which like, obviously, you know, as a musician myself, like I love seeing the music being performed live and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think just being in that crowd, and especially maybe I feel that way even more so after like the past two years and it's been hard to go to concerts, you know, and yeah, so it's finally yeah. like starting to go back and like that feeling of like everyone screaming the same words is very powerful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is there something that regardless of the style or genre of song that you're listening to that you really try to listen for? Yeah, it's definitely lyrics for me. I I mean, I consider myself a writer first and foremost, and I've been a writer since I was like seven years old. I was always scribbling in a journal somewhere. And so for me, I have a lot of respect for lyricists and how they're able to tell a story through their song. And of course, don't get me wrong, they need a catchy hook. But I also acknowledge that I'm somebody who has tried to play music and can't play music. So I find I relate more to lyrics because that's something I get a little bit more. Right. Have you ever written lyrics? Have you ever like tried to write songs like that? I haven't. Mostly because I just, I know where my skills lie and I I don't think that's where it is. I did take a songwriting (laughs) class just to kind of understand the craft and be able to write about it intelligently. I've dabbled in poetry. I did that more when I was younger. Truthfully, because I've spent so much time in journalism at this point, I have to kind of get back into creative writing. And that's one of my goals for this year is to just write a little bit more for fun because it's it's hard to, especially I've been out of practice with it. And it's hard to just think of a story out of nowhere and just let your imagination come up with whatever it is and then make it sound good. It's hard. Yeah. Well, that's something too. Do you find yourself gravitated towards lyrics that are more abstract and emotional or lyrics that like you were just saying, like tell an interesting story in a clever way? I would say generally I tend to be attracted to more specific lyrics. Mm -hmm. I love songs that I can sing along to. I feel like I, get some sort of pride out of memorizing every lyric and knowing how intricate it can get. As I was going through this exercise of trying to pick a song for this podcast, which was so hard, (laughs) I looked at the common threads between the songs I was choosing between, and I realized all of them at some point in my life had related to something very internal to me. Like the emotions and the situations they were talking about were scenarios that I related deeply to. And the lyrics tended to reflect back something about myself that either one, I didn't know, or two, 
I knew, but like, didn't want to face. Right. Wow. That's really interesting. Well, so I think that's a good place to make this transition. So Deepa, what is the song that makes you scream? This is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life. (laughs) Hard decision, but I had to go with 3AM by Halsey. Okay, so you were just kind of talking about it, but I want to start with this difficult decision because everyone we talk to, (laughs) for the most part, has said that this is a difficult decision. And you were just talking about, you know, some specific through lines you were seeing in the songs that you had narrowed down. So what, what was it about this that ended up being like, okay, this has to be the one? Yeah, so going back to what I just said about a song reflecting back something about yourself, The first time I listened to this song, I remember the day it was because I had been counting down the days for this album to come out because I have always been a big Halsey fan and was very excited Mm -hmm. for this album. So it was January 20th, 2020. And I listened to it when it dropped at midnight. So it was probably, you know, I was probably still listening to this song at 3 a.m. And what hit me with this song was that it reflected back a part of me that I saw in the lyrics that I thought was really ugly, to be honest with you. I didn't like that I related so strongly to this song. And as I sat with the lyrics, I really had to unpack, why do I feel this way when I listen to this song? Why is there such a pull to this song for me? What does that say about myself? And Mm -hmm. also kind of zooming out to the bigger picture because I was listening to this album on repeat pretty much all of 2020. And we all know how, how rough 2020 was. Exactly, um, it yeah. is a really raw album and listening to the songs in conjunction with each other, because they also flow from one song straight to the other. You can kind of see this concept album play out in this bigger story that I related to again, very deeply And yeah, I I think to simplify it, I just felt really seen by this song specifically. Yeah. Well, I thought what was interesting because I had heard this album when it came out, but not for any particular reason. I was just like, Halsey is not like my main thing. Mm-hmm. So I think I probably heard it once and didn't really go back to it. But listening to this song again in preparation for this, I find it so interesting in the context of 2020, right? Mm-hmm. So this comes out pre-COVID, right? This comes out in in January, you say. But it is so much about, like, the feeling of isolation and, like, desperately wanting to connect with people, but kind of, like, only through the phone because anything more than that might feel too real or too much, right? And so she's, at least in my interpretation, right, like, going through those anxieties of being alone and feeling very isolated, but also not really having a good solution to that. And it just feels like it almost seems like it was written, you know, (laughs) about 2020 COVID time, which I think is so interesting. Yeah. And it's hard because there is that line that I really sometimes don't know what to make of it. It says in the chorus, I need it digital because baby, when it's physical, I end up alone. And that line for me, I think has taken on different meanings over time. I've listened to this song more times than I care to count. It was my top played song of 2020, according to Spotify Wrapped. But what I relate to 
most and that I think became stronger as that year went on and the pandemic went on. And I also was laid off in February 2020. So I was also listening to this song a ton right around that time. There's this line that says, I don't really know what to do with me. And I remember feeling so, this is where I'm at. I don't know what to do with me. Like, why am I acting this way? Why am I doing this? It it really is a song (laughs) that as I think about it is, you know, this is why I go to therapy. It's about trying to figure (laughs) yourself out and also realizing that you don't really know, maybe know how to take care of yourself properly. Yeah, there's the, <laughs> I, I'm laughing because I'm like, this song is so representative of like where I was at that time in my life. And I don't actually think I'm there anymore. I think I've grown a lot since I was super obsessed with this song. But yeah. I had to pick it because it was so important to me that year because it was a moment where I really felt like I could sit in my emotions in a good way and face them and figure my shit out. And I like to think I've come a long way since then, hopefully. And the album as a whole is really talking about that journey. The song before this is called I Hate Everybody, which the title says it all. There's a song (laughs) at the end um, that's about still learning to love yourself. So they did a really great job of encapsulating all of the messiness and the chaos that is being human in this album and in this song specifically. And that to me really helped shed a light on the beauty that comes out of all of this imperfection that everybody has and carries around with them. And I think society in general really puts a lot of pressure. And I know I put a lot of pressure on myself to be a certain person. Treat it like a necklace Take a different version And I try it on for size With everybody that I know And will you please pick up the fucking phone Cause it's three That second part Take a different version And I try it on for size With everybody that I know I think I've done that I've done that at various points in my life And I feel bad about that I feel guilty for that I carry shame There's so much shame in this song Or at least I feel having been in situations that this song is talking about, I've felt a lot of shame for those situations and I've beat myself up about it. It's a song about, again, I don't want to put words in Halsey's mouth because I don't know what they were thinking when they wrote this. But for me, I interpreted this as really a moment to think about how hard I'd been on myself and actually to take a step back and be like, yeah, I've done some things I'm maybe not proud of. I've done some things, acted in ways that weren't in alignment with the person I want to be. But that's all part of the journey. And I'm growing and I have turned all of this, I don't want to say pain, but all all of this emotion, all of this feeling that I have of being too much for a person, for a situation, for a job, for a friendship, whatever, whatever you want to call it that generalized feeling of being too much is also what makes me so awesome. And I think the past couple years of my life have really been this experience of trying to see all of these flaws and seeing how they help me become a better writer, a more empathetic human, a better friend. I think that a lot of 
the emotions I feel about being too much that are described in the song are actually, when you look at it through a different perspective, are also the things that make me so human and make me so wonderful to be around, I would hope. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. I love that. It's one of those songs where you look at yourself in the mirror as it's playing and you're just like, is this right? Is this, am I being who I want to be? And it makes you look at yourself and be better for yourself. It helps you be the better, (laughs) the best possible version of yourself. And, And that's, that's where I'm at in my life. Just trying to figure out how I can show up for myself and love myself as unconditionally as my friends and family and loved ones in my life do. Yeah. That was deep. I'm sorry to get all, get all therapy. No, but that's, that's what this is all about. And I, I, I'm very thankful for you. Like there was a lot of vulnerability and, and that's what's so exciting and magical about music. And so I love that. I, I don't, I had other thoughts, but I think like, that's perfect. Thank you so much for talking about this song and coming on and talking about everything else. If people would like to find more about you online, where can they do that? Yes. So my Twitter is at Deepa, D-E-E-P-A. And then my Instagram handle is at Deepa the Disco. So my name, the Disco. And even though it's, it is spelled Deepa the Disco, it is pronounced Deepa at the Disco. Because right. like anyone who has never outgrown their emo phase... I picked my Instagram handle off of Panic at the Disco. <laughs> yeah, that's that's perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll talk more soon. Yes, thank you so much. This is a joy. Thank you for listening to another episode of This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. If you liked what you hear, be sure to subscribe, leave a rating, a review, and tell a friend. Follow us on social media on all platforms at Great Song Pod. That's GR number eight Song Pod. Special thanks to Skylar Spence, whose song Kratos in Love is our theme music, to Catherine and Izzy, who helped co produce the show, and to all of you for listening. Thanks so much, and I look forward to talking to you next time. Mm-hmm.